G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The Story There was something else at work here in this situation and it wasn't just, oh, well, I'm an angry person. There was a definite spiritual thing that was at work and it was a real decision to go in and say, you know what, I need to overcome something here because I don't want to be this person. I don't like who I am at this time. I don't like what I've been doing. I don't like the fact that I just hit my husband. That's not who I want to be. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, this one starts off romantically, with Doug and Karen Stanton meeting, falling in love, and then getting married and going off to pastor a church together. But, unfortunately, that's when things began to go downhill. Their marriage descended so low that in a fit of rage, Karen even hit Doug. Today, we'll hear their story and how God miraculously turned their marriage around. They're having a chat with Eric Scatterbo. Doug and Karen, welcome to the program. Good to be with you. Great to be here. Glad to have you with us. And we're going to talk about that low point in your marriage in just a bit. But first, let's go back and find out your background and how did you meet and fall in love? Yeah, interesting story. Um, you know, I was a pastor of a church, my first full-time ministry out in a little town called Orange, mm-hmm. out in the Tablelands. and um, New South Wales. And Karen was one of the parishioners, got recently saved. And uh, and somehow, I guess I was at a time in my life where I thought, you know, it's time to consider I've got to find a wife. And um, she came into my focus and um, we, we fell in love instantly. Mm-hmm. It was a, a remarkable time and uh, we got married within six months uh, of meeting each other and um, pioneered a church for our honeymoon. In uh, Port yes. Macquarie, Australia. Yes, that's not uh, the typical honeymoon. <laughs> we l- it literally was our honeymoon. We went straight from the wedding and and moved to Port Macquarie, and and off we went. So it was quite an interesting time, especially when you're on your honeymoon and people are knocking at your door at six o'clock in the morning. You feel like just saying, uh, "Do not disturb." <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go, let's go back a little further, Karen. Let's hear your side of the story and a little bit about your background. Yeah, well, I actually uh, came to the Lord through a broken marriage and, uh, you know, had been through a lot of things. I actually had a really good family and like quite a good upbringing, good mum and dad, very loving family. But, you know, as a teenager and and into my early 20s, you hit the skids and, you know, you you decide that you want to go and work everything out for yourself and make a lot of dumb decisions and... Mm. So you get a lot of dumb results <laughs> and um, basically ended up in a divorce. And so my heart was broken and it was through that that I actually came to the Lord, came to, to the church and, and gave my life to the Lord. And uh, Doug actually happened to be the pastor of that church. And at the time I was not looking to, to be married or anything like that, obviously. I'd just come out of a broken marriage. So over a bit of time uh, we had actually sort of met and uh, God really did uh, work on us there because neither of us were really focused on each other that way. I mean, 
he was the pastor of the church. That was pretty scary. And as a brand new baby Christian, you don't think, oh, I'm going to go into the church and marry the pastor. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't come into the into the thinking. So um, God really did have to do a bit of a number on us to, to get us to even notice each other. And he sort of set it up. I won't go into those details, but really set it up and got us to where we realized that, you know, he had actually had a plan for our life. Uh, but, you know, because he did have a plan for our life, the devil had also had a, a counter attack sort of thing. And uh, mm. I suppose the Lord knew what he saw our future and what we had in front of us. And so um, the devil really did try to just bring us down. And ultimately, you know, we, as we said, we pioneered the church for our honeymoon, but, you know, did not want that to work at all because it was quite a powerful church and many lives were changed in that church, including ours and starting mm-hmm. with ours. Now, when you were married, you had a child from your first marriage? Yes, yes, I did, just a little little girl. And, uh, you know, basically when we, when we moved to Port Macquarie, we just came as a married family with a little girl. So we didn't even particularly say to people that, that she was or wasn't um, Doug's. You know, it wasn't really anybody's business, and people mm-hmm. can be quite mean at times. Mm. And what year were you married? Back in 86. Okay, so several years ago. Now, <laughs> Several years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was married yeah, in 87, so I, I can relate. And so mm-hmm. going back to you, Karen, now yes. here you were just a baby Christian, and all of a sudden you were a pastor's wife, which stereotypically oh. you think of as, you know, somebody who's mature in the Lord and able to shepherd others, but that was uh, <laughs> not your situation. So no. tell us, what was it like for you? No, really wasn't the situation. And because I was so young in the Lord, I was still really working out who I was in mm-hmm. God. And, yeah. and I didn't really, you know, that was quite a journey there. But it's interesting, you know, how much expectation other people put on you as a pastor or a pastor's wife. Yeah. And I found that people just expected me to be a certain way. And because I wasn't like that, I got very harshly judged. Um, I was only young. I was straight out of the world. I still dressed pretty well like that. Uh, you know, I was... Pretty re- nice, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Worked for him, hey? <laughs> so, you know, uh, I was still learning to to be a godly Christian woman. And people don't always help. You know, I had some as we call them, the blue rinse ladies, some older ladies that came into the church. and What, 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 what was that term? <laughs> the blue rinse the ladies. Blue rinse. A lot of the ladies in those days used to put a blue rinse in their gray Through hair. Through their gray hair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the blue rinse that came to me, you know, obviously older ladies, probably in their 70s or even older. And they had certain expectations said, of how you were supposed to act as a pastor. As well. Oh, how, how I should act and dress. And I'm in my early 20s. And uh, they said, oh, pastor's wife doesn't dress like this and she doesn't speak like, oh, no red fingernails. Oh, take those earrings out of your ears, blah, blah, blah. Oh, boy. And anyway, uh, because I was still very young in the Lord, I looked at them and I just said, do you want me to dress like you? And I said, have you looked at yourself in the mirror lately? <laughs> like, I don't want to dress like you. You're old. And, and you know, uh, um, it's not really what they were expecting their pastor's wife to say to oh, wow. them. That must have been quite and a shock. And so uh, I think they sort of got quite offended and left. And, uh, you know, it was 
I, I mean, we look back now and we can laugh at those things, but obviously at the time it wasn't hmm. that funny when my husband's there trying to get a, a new church off the ground and and he was bringing them in the front door and I was sending them out the back because oh, I was yeah. offending so many. <laughs> yes, no, <laughs> so, not an ideal situation. But turning to more serious things, your relationship between the two of you. Yes, it was very interesting because we were still learning about each other and about God and you know, obviously, as you grow, when God's the center and God's, you know, number one in your marriage, as you get closer to each other, you get closer to God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were still learning that whole process. And so, you know, it felt a little bit in those days like growing up in a fishbowl mm-hmm. because I didn't have the opportunity to, to grow up before I got into being a pastor's wife and everyone was watching and everyone had their own opinion on everything and and so everything was made, you know, fairly public. And I wasn't particularly very good at hiding my feelings in those days. So, you know, if someone said something to me in those days that, that upset me, I would just tell them off. Oh, and again, wow. it's not really what the pastor's wife is supposed to do is tell <laughs> the parishioners off. It doesn't work well for church growth. <laughs> she was a pastor's wife. In everyone's eyes, but she was just saved and not very saved, if I could put it that way. <laughs> you know, it takes a while for the conversion to come. Yes. You know, we enter the door, but it takes a while to become, you know, that that mature person. And mm-hmm. and so it was hard. I was a young pastor walking on eggshells for everybody, and I'd come from business background, and, and um, you know, the customer's always right. So I kind of, when I found out, you know, I said to Karen one day, Where, where's those ladies that came and helped us in the early days? I haven't seen them for once. She sort of put her head down and said, oh, I think I told them where to go. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> you know, I mean, it seems like a we laugh about it now, but at the time it was intense. I mean, Karen mentioned that she come through a broken marriage, but she also came through two broken uh, engagements. Mm. She was bashed and hurt as a very young girl date raped at 14, Mm. and so the hurts that led to, you know, you mentioned in the introduction that there was a downturn, there was something that was hard after we got married. Well, it wasn't just a broken marriage. That was just part of a journey in her young life of hurt and things that had been imparted into her, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I married a beautiful, pretty girl with a little beautiful baby, and the pressure of these people and judgments and that brought this hurt out in her life that, that came into our marriage, especially on a Saturday just before Sunday church. <laughs> you know, it wow. would seem like it just hit like a flood every Saturday night. And uh, It's very interesting that we don't realize how much baggage we can bring into our marriage and uh, from our past. And, you know, I suppose as life went on, we, we basically decided that, well, I decided I didn't want, you know, that stuff in our marriage. And, and as I grew in the Lord, I realized that, you know, a lot of the things that I would feel towards Doug and the anger and everything that I would feel towards him was not really towards him, but towards other people that had uh, done things to me in my past. And I was still reacting out of that hurt and it wasn't specifically towards Doug. So we had mm. to deal with that. So you were kind of taking it out on Doug? Yes, yeah. yes. And, uh, you know, it, he would do the, the slightest little thing and I would go into a rage mm. and it just did not make sense. And, you know, as I started to grow in the Lord and started to realize 
why did I react so badly? And then, you know, it came to the point where I had to make a decision. Well, do I want to continue to act like that or do I want to really get to the bottom of the situation and deal with this that's in my life, you know, because at the end of the day, no one else can deal with it. It was decisions that I had to make Mm -hmm. to make my marriage work and to deal with the issues that I had. You're listening to The Story. Our guests today are Pastor Doug and Karen Stanton sharing their journey together. And they're being very transparent about some struggles they had early on in their marriage. Struggles that, as we will hear, even involved violence. But then we're going to hear how the Lord turns the whole situation around. That's all coming up when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're back with Eric Scatterbo chatting with Pastors Doug and Karen Stanton. They're sharing their story and some of the struggles they went through early in their marriage. As we heard before the break, they went through a very rocky point that even involved violence. Next, we're going to hear about the lowest point in their marriage. Well, I think, you know, when, when you start to get to the point where, you, where you're violent and even hit out towards your husband, you have to think, what am I doing? Like, what, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. And, and really, at that point, I thought, I need help. Mm-hmm. You know, just as I'm listening to my wife, I'm, I'm constantly amazed that when I think back of how we began the first year or so of our marriage, <laughs> that that broke loose, and I hear the wisdom, I hear the peace in her life right now, and the thousands of people we get to touch all around our world. It's almost like two lives, and it yeah. really is. There's an old self and a new self, and the low point, I guess, that was a turning point in our life was so Karen had been bashed by a boyfriend that sort of interrupted the first two engagements. It was sort of and tried to affect ours too, even later in in our experience. Mm-hmm. But she, you know, she had a date rape experience. She was bashed to the point of stoicism, mm. and so there were many times when she'd get angry. She didn't just get angry with words. She got angry and she could fight. And uh, you know, I'm six foot two. She's five foot six. I could handle it. <laughs> but it's not what I was expecting. In yes, yes. Pastoring a church. Yeah, well, any husband isn't expecting it, especially no. yeah, a, a pastor. And and you said that a lot of this happened on a Saturday night right before the Sunday morning yeah, service. Which points out the spiritual side of it. Oh, you it was know, so predictable. It was predictable. <laughs> I, uh, many nights I walked the streets wanting to resign the next morning thinking we're hypocrites. Mm. We, we we don't have a right to be out there teaching others when we're in a mess like this. And, and uh, yet we'd get into church after it all and we'd kind of – make excuses for the bruises a bit or something that happened, you <laughs> wow. know, the day before. And, and, and I, you know, honestly, I went there with resignation letters many Sundays just going, I'm done. Mm. I can't, I, you know, I, we we got to work this out. But, but what then, happened? How did it turn around? Well, the, the, one, the one big experience that happened, the Lord spoke to me one time and he said, when she goes to hit you, just let her hit you. And I thought, that can't be God. <laughs> I thought, get thee behind me, you know. But uh, yeah, but it, it, God persisted in that, and, I, and it became like something I knew in my heart. It was almost like a, 
a, a, a moment that I thought, you know what, what have I got to lose? I, I just believe, you know, the Bible says turn the other cheek. Well, this was literal. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so there are times when she'd get angry and she, she learned to fight. I was a boxer. She'd done karate. I mean, she could hurt you because she could, you know, wow. and it was angry and there was, and, and so. It was out of control. That's all that rage from your past, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so we, we just moved. We actually, a lot of this was, we were in a caravan at the back of the church we were starting and we'd just moved into a little duplex with people on the other side of a very thin, you know, gyp rock wall. And so, you know, I just thought next time she does this, I'm not going to stop her. I'm just going to take it on the cheek, so to speak. Well, she did a haymaker, you know, like wow. she got angry and she just came at me and I, I had this euphoric moment where I just kind of, you imagine me just sort of drop my knees and go, okay, do it. <laughs> and anyway, she hit me so hard. And to be honest, I can't remember really feeling the impact um, because she broke a wrist. Wow. And all of a sudden we're taken into a moment where she she broke with pain, she hit the ground, and I, I went with her because I, I realized what had happened, and the bone poked out between the, the palm and the, and the arm, oh. and she went blue, and it went, and she, she cried, and she sobbed, which was a miracle in our relationship because, you know, I remember once I tried to manhandle a little bit to break her out of the rage. It just made her worse. There was mm. no, she couldn't feel pain. She was stoic. Because of the bashings and the and the stuff in her life, it it switches you down. It yeah, and it she's makes a, you shut down. You know, the, in amongst this, there was this sweet person. It was like two you're living with two people sometimes. Yes. But anyway, I hugged her and she cried and she fell into my arms, which was kind of nice. And I, you know, I often say when I recur this, I said there was a little bit of satisfaction <laughs> when she, you know, I'm looking down this wrist and she hurt herself and I. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I was I was taking a lot of this really personal, even though I'd experienced enough to know she was taken out on me, what, her past, mm-hmm. and I knew I hadn't done anything to deserve it. But it was still very personal when mm. you're a young man and, you you know, you love this person and you and you take it. And so, you know, I, I gloated in it a little bit for a moment and more or less just wondered why we got here, why would God tell me to do this? But uh, honestly, there was a power in that moment that changed everything because – I, I said, you know, it's like Saturday night and I'm thinking, how do I explain this tomorrow? <laughs> you know, like we'd made a few excuses here and there for a few things and sort of tried not to lie but just tried to cover each other. And hmm. and um, anyway, I said, we, we, we need to pray. You're in pain. And I just started to pray. And as I prayed, God just healed it. The bone went back into place. The wow. pain subsided you know it took minutes but it happened in front of our eyes and we watched it in amazement tears are still flowing out both of our eyes a little bit more now because we're seeing something supernatural happen and it was like the beginning of the rest of our lives Mm. to where we knew god was in our marriage god wanted to help our marriage god wanted to intervene in our lives and that was a very dramatic moment for me who believed in healing, who yes. had experienced healing in my own life. But this was something that my wife had never experienced up to that point. And so we watched it together just go back to normal. It was like a reverse camera. It wow. was like someone just turned the camera back and she just quenched a finger and then we hugged each other and we just, there was a closeness that began in our life that God now was a part of. And um, we, we, we had lots of incidences. We weren't over it all. Like we had to, life is a journey of overcoming. 
And uh, what I learned in those times from there on is that, number one, we decided to have the best marriage we could, but I we began to learn to overcome ourselves. And uh, that's yeah, really. I think that was the thing for me was yeah. realizing that there was something else at work here in this situation, and it wasn't just oh well, I'm an angry person. It's there. There was a definite spiritual thing that was at work, and it was a real decision to go in and say, you know what, I need to overcome something here, and I need to win in this situation because I don't want to be this person. I don't like who I am at this time. I don't like what I've been doing, mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that I just hit my husband. That's not who I want to be. And so it was a definite decision at that point on my behalf to say, that's it, I'm done with this, you know, actions. And and I made a decision that day. It was the turning point to say, no, I'm determined to win this and, you know, we're going to make our marriage the very best one and this that comes over me, I'm going to beat it. I remember a beautiful moment in my life where Karen was coming to grips with overcoming this thing in her life. Mm -hmm. And she went outside or left me, went to another room away from me in a moment of anger. And I, we came into agreement, you know, we kind of called it Karen one, Karen two kind (laughs) of environment. and And we agreed together in a good moment. I said, if honey, if I see you starting to ebb in that direction, can I just remind you, Karen two is starting to turn up. And when he says Karen one and Karen two, Karen one, obviously being the, the spiritual person, the person God wants me to be, but Karen too being the the one that's completely living and acting out in the flesh. Kind of the dark Karen. Yes. Darkness. So, you know, this day, Karen's getting this slowly and she goes out and she actually responded to me well and she she was beautiful. She responded. She got that look on her face like she could have eaten me, you know, for Mm. breakfast. And then she she walked away, and it wasn't just, I'm going to go away and count to 10. She went away, and I heard her in the background going, devil, I hate you. (laughs) I hate what you're trying to do to me, and I am not going to fall for this. And and she sort of turned the anger back on something other than me. And then I remember, you know, I'm listening, and I'm going, yes, yes, you know. (laughs) And then she said, and I love Doug, Mm. you know. Yeah. And... Man, I don't remember anything else. I broke. And something broke in me that day, and I knew we could make it. I knew we could win this thing. And that was the beginning of just so many victories. I mean, we still had our battles. You always got a battle. Yeah. Mm. But eventually, it's like you're sowing, you're reaping the seeds of your past life for a long time mm. in your early Christianity, your early marriage. But if you keep sowing good seed, eventually a different harvest comes out. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we're quickly running out of time, but you've been happily married for over 30 years now. Please wrap up our conversation today. Where did your relationship go from there? And what have you been doing in the last 30 years? Well, we just in a nutshell, we pioneered a church in Port Macquarie for a honeymoon. We I burnt out at the end of that. We went to USA really as a burnout minister. God tricked us into doing meetings in up in state New York, broke into (laughs) revival. And we've really been revivalists uh, through many parts of the world and, and mostly USA uh, for now 33 years, you know, for the wow. last part of the 25 years of those 33 mm-hmm. years. And just amazing life. You know, we've learned to leave something to do mm-hmm. what God's called us to do. We left our country, yes. our family, and um, we don't regret one moment of any of these battles. 
or anything we've given up. We stand up and share the victories now because yeah. a lot of people don't talk about these things mm-hmm. in church yep. and people yep. need to talk about it so people can learn how to get the victory. And because we have the victory, we can share it in victory and you know, bring it out and it helps people's marriage. And because we're not affected by these things anymore, we can just stand up and share it openly yeah. and yeah, honestly. Just be real about it. Yes. Yeah, once you're free, it doesn't have power over you. No. Right. You break the right. power of your past over your life. And that's what God did through the cross. But it's an everyday overcoming. To him who overcomes, I grant to eat of the tree of life. And so often, even in many of the charismatic circles, we all think it's about overcoming the devil. The devil's been overcome in and through the cross. But the real mission of every believer is to overcome themselves. Yes. So that. Those, you know, in a marriage, like we're talking about, you, God then makes you one. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to say, even as I'm looking across the studio at my wife, <laughs> the peace that she has today, the, the, the wisdom, the, the love she has for the broken, um, where she was a broken, I was a mm-hmm. broken person. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's so much more than what we can share today. But I just encourage everyone that might listen to this that there is a way out of everything. Yes. And, and it, you know, it might seem I, I get sad when people divorce because they could have used the pain if they could have brought God into it to have the greatest marriage this side of the black But it stump. starts with <laughs> making that decision to change yourself first. Yeah, all this is the work of the Lord. I mean, yes. we make a decision and then we draw near to God, the Bible says, and he draws near to us. Yeah. So it's not like we willpower this thing. No, no. no. It was yeah. like we made decisions that involved our will of mm-hmm. yielding to something greater and then God comes through. He does what you can't do. And uh, it's so real to us yeah. and we have the joy of sharing that most days of our life. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Doug and Karen Stanton, for sharing your amazing story. Thank you. You're welcome. That was Eric Scatterbo having a chat with pastors Doug and Karen Stanton. And it was great to hear how God completely turned their marriage around. But I have to admit, it was a very unusual way. Surprisingly, as we heard, it was after Doug let Karen hit him that things began to change. A very unusual development indeed. But God healed their marriage and now they lead a hugely successful ministry called Doug Stanton Ministry International. To find out more about the many wonderful things they're doing in various parts of the world, their website is simply dsmi.org. That's dsmi.org. Well, we're so grateful to Pastors Doug and Karen Stanton for being open and transparent about some of the struggles they've gone through. It's their prayer that their story will help others and give hope to people who may be struggling as well. God can heal even the most seemingly hopeless situations. Well, thanks for joining us for Doug and Karen's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. So I prayed a little, simple little prayer to God. Please come into my life and be the, the, the Lord, the King, the, the guide of my life. And at that moment, things really changed for me right dramatically. And from that moment on, I had an amazing knowledge, if you like, that God had set my life apart to serve him. And the place he wanted me to go to was a place called India. Ross Grant became a Christian at nine years old and immediately felt a very clear call to be a missionary to India, which he went on to do. But his journey then led him to several other countries with plenty of unexpected twists and turns along the way. We'll hear his adventurous story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.